Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of the Cognicast. I'm your host, Craig Andera. A few announcements before the show, as usual. First thing, of course, is that we would like to mention again that Closure Bridge is holding its first ever session this coming weekend, April 4th and 5th, and that's 2014, of course. Uh, we're excited about that, and it's very appropriate to this episode, as you'll see. Um, but they're not stopping there. There's already a second event planned in San Francisco, May 2nd and 3rd, 2014. You can find out more about that on ClosureBridge.org, which is also where you can sign up to help out. Uh, as Closure Bridge builds up and has more and more of these events, there's going to be more and more need of helpers. And so you can go and, and pitch in on this very important um, and interesting effort, and you'll hear more about it on the show today. Uh, let's see. Right now, as I publish this, uh, Closure West is going on, so we're pretty excited about that. Um, as always, if you see anyone from Cognitech, you should go, up, uh, go on up and strike up a conversation. We love to hear from you people. Unfortunately, I will not be there. It's actually the first major closure conference in North America that I'm going to miss out on, but can't go to everything. Um, so hope to catch you at the next thing. And of course, like I said, plenty of Cognitex at the event, and you should absolutely go up and talk to them. I know uh, Justin Getland, our CEO in particular, said that he would love, love, love to speak with you. So seek him out and strike up a conversation. Uh, you will recall from episode 50 that... The, our own Ryan Newfeld and Luke Vanderhart were writing the Closure Cookbook, or I should say editing. There were many, many contributors. So you recall from the show we talked about that. Well, it's out. Congratulations to all of the authors, and most especially to Luke and Ryan. You can find out more information about that book at closure-cookbook.com, including where to buy it, where to get it online, all that good stuff. Uh, finally, I would like to mention that the Lambda Jam call for proposals is out. You can find out more information about that at lambdajam.com. That is a, uh, another conference put on by uh, our very own Alex Miller, so you know it'll be a good one. And that's going to be held July 22nd and 23rd in Chicago. Um, Rich Hickey will be keynoting, so a lot of good reasons to go check that out. That's certainly one of them. Um, and, of course, like I said, the call for proposals is open, so we would love to get your proposal into that conference. Um, so go and check that out again. That's lambdajam.com. All right, I think that covers it for announcements, so we'll go on now to episode 53 of the Cognicast. We're ready to start. Okay, great. All right, great. Uh, so, welcome everyone. Today is Thursday, February 27th, in 2014. This is the Cognicast. We would like to welcome today our special guest, Bridget Hillier. Did I say your name right? Yes. Okay, because you, you know people by first name, right? So I know how to pronounce right. Bridget, but uh, well, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, so we always start out with music, and I think I warned you beforehand that you need to pick a song. What song have we been playing on the way in? Bridget by Stereolab. Excellent. I love it. Love it when the choices are appropriate. 
Uh, is that like one of your favorite songs just because of the name or? Well, Stereolab is one of my favorite bands and they happen to make a song with my name. Cool. It's it's about somebody else, but. Well, really, it's not about you, huh? Okay, still, that's, that's pretty good, that's second best. Um, no, that's awesome, I'm looking forward to listening to that as always. So the the reason that I wanted to talk, actually the reasons I wanted to talk to you, there's a bunch. Um, uh, you know, you and I first got introduced, I think it was at Closure West, maybe? Or Strange Loop, one of the two. Strange Loop. Strange Loop, okay, this, this past year, 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a fun conversation because, you know, uh, well, we'll get into why, I guess, but uh, you and I have had sort of similar uh, backgrounds in terms of kind of like where we were career-wise and where w- the things that we would like to see ourselves doing. So maybe we'll just start with uh, you giving people a quick introduction of yourself and, and maybe a little bit of, um, of your background. Okay. Um, I'm uh, an independent software consultant um, of many years. <laughs> um, uh, i I'm a software developer, a software developer for hire. Uh, that's that's pretty much what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had primarily been working in, like, not the tools that we usually talk about on this show. Like, just like me, I spent a long time in Microsoft land, and you had been working with, um, uh, actually, I'm not exactly, I can't remember exactly what. Right, a, a whole wide range of things. Sure. But, yeah, the, it, C family of languages, uh, a lot of Java development, um, you know, a lot of traditional software development. Um, uh yeah, I, you know, languages, C, C++, Java, some C Sharp, that that kind of thing. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And and I think, like me, you felt uh, like you had reached your limit or the limit of the tools or some combination thereof in that kind of headspace, right? Right, yeah. I, I've been doing it for a long time. So I'm, I think I'm just kind of at the point where I'm... I'm done. You know, I mean, I, I've, d- I've done what I personally can done with, do with those tools, and I'm um, I'm ready to do something else. I have been for a while, and so I've been doing some exploring. Right. And so during that exploring, you uh, came across Closure, right. and someone said, oh, you know, there's a... Actually, I don't know. Did you already know some people here at Cognitect, or what was your kind of vector to someone who introduced us? Uh, well, um, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, um, when I started doing this exploring, you know, and I, and I went a real, on a real typical path. I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before, you know, looked at common lists, uh, did structure interpretation of computer programs, um, uh, looked at Erlang, looked at Scala, and then finally came around to Clojure, and Clojure just kind of hit a sweet spot for me where it was, I could do something that was, uh, as opposed to Scala, I could do something that's a little more pure functional programming, um, but at the same time have at my fingertips all these tools that I had previously had a lot of experience with, so uh, you know, with a lot of power behind it. <clears throat> um, uh, so um, I had been doing that, and then I moved to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which is right near where Cognitect is. Uh, and so um, I was like, okay, so I'm looking into this, and... and these guys are right there, so um, I, I, uh, you know, spending a lot of time over here at user groups and what have you. So. Right, and so then, uh, you know, you and I had a conversation. Someone's like, "Oh, you know, uh, Bridget's interested in learning more about Closure. Do you have any stuff that you would like help with?" And and we talked for a little bit, and we kicked around a few ideas. But I think um, you seem to have really found the thing that has grabbed you, and that um, that we here are all really excited about, and we've talked about on the show, namely. Uh, Closure Bridge, which you are uh, one of the people that's involved in, in getting that off the ground. So um, that's definitely something we want to talk about on the show today. Uh, maybe, you know, since we've mentioned it so many times, I don't know that we've ever sat down to give the story of 
what Closure Bridge is and what the goals are and kind of the genesis and all that good stuff. So maybe you can can let our listeners know a little bit more about the, the program. Okay. Um, so um, the easy explanation is Closure Bridge is Rails Bridge for Closure. So the next question is, what's what's Rails Bridge? <laughs> right. Um, so uh, Rails Bridge was started by um, Sarah Allen and Sarah May um, uh, a few years back. Um, they were involved in the Ruby Rails community and um, noticed there weren't that many women around. Uh, so they wanted to do something about it. Um, so they got together and uh, they started RailsBridge. And RailsBridge did a number of things. Uh, but the, the thing that they've become famous for and it, it, pretty much what they're synonymous with now is uh, they do uh, these workshops. They're free uh, weekend to two-day workshops uh, for women to learn Rails. Um, and they've had a tremendous amount of success with it and have been, I, I think, to some degree, been able to meet their goal, which is to bring a lot more women into the Rails community um, so that when they went to user groups or conferences, they didn't just look around and see each other and, and, and no other women. So um, uh, they're, they're doing great. They, uh, If you look at their website, if you look at the RailsBridge website, um, there's... Um, you know, there's workshops going on all the time. There's workshops going on around the world. Um, so uh, they're doing really great with that. So um, Sean Corfield, who I'm sure a lot of people in the podcast are familiar with him, um, he he looked around and saw that there really wasn't that much diversity in the closure community. He wanted to do something about that. And so he happened to know Sarah Allen, um, who started RailsBridge. And so he had a conversation with her about um, doing a similar effort for the Closure community. And they just, they called it Closure Bridge. Um, and uh, that worked. Um, uh, and they kicked around the idea a bit. Um, uh, so that's how it started. Um, we've now taken it up and we um, are doing basically the same exact thing. We're, we're following the RailsBridge model exactly as far as it works for us. There, there are some things where it, we might do things differently, but in general right now, as we're starting out, we're, we're just gonna take a model that works and use it. So um, we are working on um, developing our first workshop and that's gonna be in Durham, April 4th and 5th. And uh, there's a lot of things that go into doing the first workshop where we have to d- develop the curriculum is the real big task that we have as, as, as well as build the organization. And we are going to do the same thing. We're going to offer workshops for women to try to encourage women to look at a closure and hopefully bring some more women into the closure community. Um, our, our greater goal, or, or my, my personal goal for it, is to to focus on greater diversity, not just women. We, we just happen to have this really nice model. We know how to serve women as a community. Um, and I feel like for the workshops, it's good to focus on a specific underrepresented group. Um, I think that works well. Uh, so so we're going to move beyond uh, women and go into other groups as well um, in the future. But for now, there are workshops for women. Yeah, this is great. Like I said, we're, we're very, very <laughs> excited about um, about this effort. And, and I guess it, it actually is worth mentioning why. And I, I, I want to ask a question that as a, a person who has two daughters, the older of which, the older of whom uh, says she wants to be a programmer. In fact, we had a little minor, we're here in Durham, you and I are sitting face to face. I've traveled down here this week for our big, uh, our big, you know, uh, meeting that we, where we get everybody together, we call it Cognation. And, and very first night I got here, I called home and said, hey, how's it going? And it, just this classic moment of, oh, you know, our older daughter, my wife tells me our older daughter, she 
she just told me that she needs this book for this class project tomorrow. And of course, it's like 8.30 at night, you know, the libraries are closed or whatever. But, you know, the reason I'm telling this story is that the book that she, that she wanted was a book about uh, Grace Hopper, right? Because she wants to be a programmer and they're supposed to do a biographical, which is, you know, it's really hard to, to argue with that. Like, oh, just pick somebody else, right? Because, you know, in our field, it's... It very women are very underrepresented, and so it's a guy who has a daughter who's very interested in being a programmer. She's nine. Who knows if she'll change her mind? But you know, there, there's one obvious reason for me to want to have a community that's more inclusive. But I, but I think there's actually several. And speaking as someone who is in the majority in essentially every way in our field, it was not always obvious to me why it's a good thing to pursue diversity. I mean, I think there's a there's a there's an attitude that maybe I had um, that hopefully I, is growing less in me over time that was, well, we should just, you know, there's a lot of great people out there, you know, sure, a lot of them happen to be guys, but whatever, that's that's how it is. Let's just focus on, you know, whoever happens to have the, um, the background or the education or whatever. So I wonder if you could address that. Like, what's the, you know, like, I feel like I feel like I have, you know, a, a better sense now of why that is, but maybe we can actually say it out loud. Like, why? Why should we do this? I have a lot of thoughts about that. Uh, you know, it's, I, I have a 12-year-old daughter, so it, it's funny. Something I've noticed is that the, the people that I've been working with on these types of things, a lot of them have daughters who mm. are about 8 to 12 years old. <laughs> so it's interesting that once, once you, you know, are looking ahead to the future for your own female children, these issues become all of a sudden way more important. You know, they might have been important to you in the past, but... Um, all of a sudden you really need to get working on it. <laughs> you look around yeah. and go, wow, we haven't solved this problem. I need to get this solved. <laughs> right. And that's kind of, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat where I, these issues have been important to me for a long time, but it's really come become pressing to me recently um, as things have happened in my career. And, and personally, um, I, I want this fixed. Mm. It, it, it is, I'm, I'm not working on it so much because I'm so interested in working on these types of things. I want the problem solved. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> so anyhow, so so why why is it a problem, mm-hmm. and why is it something that we would spend time as opposed to say writing libraries or you know building up the tools, which are also important things, and I'm really glad that people are doing that. Okay, so there, there's there's some what are to me obvious ethical or moral reasons to work on um, diversity um, in terms of access, in terms of social justice, in terms of creating opportunities like for our daughters. And, and I think those are all, I mean, that, that's what drives me to be concerned about the issue. But what, what really compels me and pushes me into action, <clears throat> the thing that I think is really important for the technical community, and in in particular here, we're talking about the closure community, is the impact that diversity has on the community. Diversity helps the community. The more voices you have, the better ideas that you have. Mm -hmm. The more, you don't want to be listening to a bunch of people who all have the same ideas as you. You, if, If you're building up you know, a tool ecosystem, if you're building up a community, you want a bunch of different voices, you want differing opinions, uh, you want different types of input. So one, really, there are many ways that you can do that. One really easy, obvious way is to look around, see what people, what, 
what kinds of people are not here? And there's really obvious things that if I, if there are no women, if there are no people of color, well, bring some, bring some people, you know, open the umbrella and bring some more people in. And, and then you're going to get a whole lot more interesting ideas, a whole, you know, you're going to get the benefit of different backgrounds. Uh, So I think it helps build, I think it makes the community better. And besides, um, to me, it's almost obvious, like, of course, I'd want women around, you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I like dudes. (laughs) I like white dudes. You know, I, I I'm married to one, you know, yeah. I mean, I, many of us are very nice. <laughs> I, I, and I think the closure community right now, as it is, is fantastic. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm willing to, you know, put the effort in and is that th- I think this is a really friendly, open, thoughtful community building some really awesome things. I, I wouldn't work with a community to try to increase diversity in it if I didn't think it was a community, good community to start off with. That's sure. just, that's just my, I'm, you know, I'm not going to ask people to come into a community that's hostile. <laughs> so, right. and that's certainly not the case here. So, um, so I think the closure community is great. Uh, it's, it's open and friendly and, and I want to make it better. And it, I think it will be better once it's more diverse. Yeah, no, I mean, right. And I, I agree with everything you said. Um, <clears throat> And the, the, the diversity of thought one is actually one that hadn't really occurred to me before. Um, I think it might have been Kyle Kingsbury who first, who first said it to me. I can't remember if it was a conversation on the show or off, but it's a great point. I mean, for me, it was kind of like obvious simply, as you say, from a moral perspective, we should not be creating barriers to anyone to enter the community. And, and there is, to some degree, an implicit barrier simply in having a community that is extremely homogeneous, right? Because you, as a person, like, you know, if, if I walk into a room and there's 95 women and no men, I, even if I have a perfectly good reason to be in that room, I would ask myself for a moment, did I just step into a place where I shouldn't be? And that's always there, like whether, whether I allow myself to be pressured by that or not, it's certainly there. But beyond that, you know, um, you know we, we take a room full of 100 people and we'd, like, we'd really like to really develop, we'd like to take this room full of 100 people and go solve interesting problems. And the very first thing you do is put a wall down the middle and take half of them out, right? And then you do your selection. You haven't done yourself a service, right? Because there are people who could really help in the other half, right? Exactly. So I think there's, I'm just, I mean, I'm obviously just reiterating what you said, but but it, it really rings true with me at least. Um, no, true. I And, and I, I, that's, I, I, that's been part of kind of the gospel I've been spreading lately. Um, uh, um, Russ Olson's talk, the To the Moon talk yeah. um, at the last Closure Conj, um, I kind of took that meme and ran with it where, you know, he was talking about we, we have these to the moon type of problems. Uh, we've had them and we have ones ahead of us. So why would we want to leave out half of the population to pull from to solve these types of problems? And we have to the moon problems ahead of us, you know in the world and definitely in the technical community. So yeah, we should be pulling from wherever we can get people. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Closure Bridge program itself. So um, you mentioned what it is. It's a two-day workshop for, for people. If I were to attend, what would I experience? I mean, is how does how does it work? Like, what can people expect? Okay. It's, so it's two days, and, but it's really um, an evening and then a full day. So on, on Friday night, generally, you go to the install fest. So we um, will have all the instructions for you to get your laptop. You have, you have to bring a laptop, get it all set up with all of the um, closure tools that you'll need to then um, 
on the second day go through um, the curriculum to be introduced to closure. So, I mean, we're not going to teach you closure in a day, but we're going to give you a friendly introduction to closure. Um, and so that you'll learn something about functional programming. Uh, you'll learn something about um, the closure language. You'll learn something about some closure tools to get you started. So then hopefully after, after that, you um, would be able to go and learn more uh, on your own and hopefully with support with community support. Uh, we have a high, um, teachers to student ratio. So we have one or two teachers that will actually teach the material. And then we have a whole bunch of TAs uh, to be there with the students to help them work through exercises. So as they're working through the curriculum, it's going to be, um, you know, there'll be some material presented, but then a lot of exercises where you're actually going in and, and working with the technology. Cool. Um, so is it is it only open to women? Uh, no, um, it's, I mean, our, the idea is it's for women, sure. uh, but men can come. We just ask that if they come, they bring a woman with them. Oh, okay. So you need to be a plus one okay. to a woman. That's a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. Cool. And as far as the skill level, is this for people who have never programmed or for people who have programmed another language or like, is there some sort of, you know, any kind of prerequisite? Um, no, what we're... Um, targeting right now is beginner so true beginners beginners to programming and then beginners to closure so people who you know have otherwise uh, technical background or, or are programmers but um, have, haven't seen closure before that might expand after you know these initial workshops um, but for now we're targeting beginners um, we are very much at the beginning we are in early stages um, this is all very experimental and that's any anybody who's gotten involved in working on this, I've been trying to emphasize to them that this is kind of one big experiment. We're not really sure how this is going to go. RailsBridge has a model. It's working. Some, some things to me with RailsBridge are a little more obvious about how the curriculum goes and how the workshops go. For closure, it's a little more... Um, I, I personally have some questions about how it's all going to work. So we, we have an approach. Uh, and we're going to work through that and see how it goes and get feedback and then adjust as necessary from there. So, Okay. Um, and so you said the first one is scheduled in early April, I believe. Right. April 4th and 5th um, in Durham, okay. here in Durham. And so that's that one's in the works and, and, and we're pretty far along getting that uh, ready to go. We're, we almost have the curriculum done for that. Um, and we're going to be doing some further review and get some input uh, from the community on that. So um, that's if people are looking for a way to help, that's one thing that we could use is some input on the curriculum. Then then after the Durham workshop in uh, San Francisco, May 3rd and 4th, I believe the, the first weekend of May, um, is going to be the second workshop in San Francisco, okay. which Sean Corfield, um, who got Culture Bridge started, um, uh, he's, he's, he's organizing that one. With, and, and there's a lot of people in San Francisco who have RailsBridge background who are, who are helping us out, very generously helping us out with that. So Yeah, the response has actually been um, enormous. I mean, you announced, you, the, the, the plural you, uh, announced the, because actually I know that's something that you want to talk about today is that this is very much a, a group effort. This is right. not closure bridge by Bridget, right? right. <laughs> um, but when when the word went out uh, about closure bridge, the response in terms of people who are willing to help was really qu quite large. I mean, I, I, I don't know the exact magnitude, but I know that it was hundreds of people who responded. Right. We've had, th there's so much excitement about this idea. Um, when you talk about if you're tuned into the Twitterverse or you listen to some of the conversations that are happening about women in tech, 
you hear a lot of pushback. I think there's some some voices that get amplified in that debate where it seems like maybe it's kind of controversial. <laughs> like maybe people don't want more women technology, <laughs> right. which to me seems absurd. And I think it is because I, I really don't think there is. I think people really want more women involved. Uh, they want more diversity in general. They want more people of color. They want all, all types of underrepresented groups out there involved. And they and they really want to, and they just don't know how to help. And 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 in some ways, you know, maybe they aren't prepared to help. Maybe they don't really understand the issue well enough. But what I've picked up from getting working on this is that there's a ton of energy and ton of excitement about working on these kinds of issues. We've had um, almost 600 signups on the website. Um, there's more than 200 people in the Google group. We have a Google group, Closure Bridge Workshops, and in, in a lot of people actively involved in that. We have a group of um, seven or eight people who are the kind of the core team that are actually building up the organization. At, and, and Cognitech has been just overwhelmingly supportive um, uh, of this effort. Uh, a good amount of people, the key people who are getting things started are, are from Cognitech. Um, but I want to point out, it's not a Cognitech it, effort. It is not, I mean, right. as, as much as we are thrilled about it, we want to make it clear just because there, well, I've said this before, there really ought to be lots of things in the Clojureverse, right, yes. that are not us. That's a good thing, and and this is one of them, and it's a very good thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, I'd like to emphasize that as well. Uh, this is not a, 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 an effort by Cognitech, although there is a lot of support. Uh, they're you know helping sponsor our first workshop because we're doing it in Durham. Mm-hmm. Um, but the San Francisco workshop is entirely off on its own. And then we have one following that in Minneapolis. Um, I don't work for Cognitech. Uh, Clinton Dreisbach is doing a large part of the work on the curriculum. Um, uh, Daniel Higginbotham, Sean Corfield, like I mentioned. Um, uh, uh, so there, there are, and, and all of those people in the Closure Bridge workshops, there's a lot of people um, from the community involved in this. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's been the like like we said, the response has been has been huge, um, and you know that's just people who want to help. So you know, hopefully there's, um, you know, typic as is typical, the ratio of uh, uh, helpers to students. We'd like to see that be you know uh, a good a good big number, so that as the program goes forward, you know, hopefully it seems like there's really a potential, a capacity, and a potential to reach a lot of people. Yep. Um, I, I get the feeling there is from what I've seen. I mean, we have a ton of help for Durham um, and uh, we've gotten a lot of people willing to help in San Francisco. Um, and then uh, we've got, you know, some stirrings in Chicago, New York and, and other in London, a lot of other places. And there are a lot of people there who want to help. And so I feel like the workshops are going to be loaded with teachers and TAs. Uh, and we have a lot of women who are uh, teaching and TAing as well, which I'm really excited about because yeah. I, I really want to see women out in front um, teaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that leads to another point, which is that um, we we want the men in the community helping. Um, you know, I think some people are like, oh, I, w- I want to help, but I'm not really sure. Do I really belong there? And um, I, I'd like help from, from everybody in, in including the dudes, you can you can organize a workshop. You can um, teach your TA. I would really love for whatever women to get involved to be actually teaching the sure. TAs. Um, so the more men who can actually help organize and do the behind the scenes work, the better. Um, you know, I want I, I I want them to be teaching and TAing as well. But um, you know, if if we have women who help, you know, I want them to be leading the workshops because as as women come and attend the workshop. If, if they see women there teaching, then they're able to more 
easily put themselves into the same role if they see women who are actually doing closure. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when Karen did her one of her various robot talks, you know, I made a point of showing my daughter. I'm like, check it out. I mean, first of all, this is really cool work. I mean, let's let's be clear. I wouldn't show you something. A woman gave an okay talk, and you should just see that. This is a great talk, but it's somebody that maybe you can identify with. And, and I'm kind of reminded to some degree of the show, right? Because here I am. I'm the one sitting in front of the mic. But there's a lot more stuff that goes on. I mean, Michael Parento spends hours on the cover art. You know, uh, Lynn helps me out just about every episode. We have people doing show notes. And so, uh, you know, clearly there's, there's always the, the front person, right, the, the singer in the band, but then there's a lot of other work to be done. And so it's, it's good to be reminded. Thank you for reminding us that, you know, there's tons of ways for, to help out that isn't standing in front of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the, the, the closure part of Closure Bridge. I think we've, we've had some good discussion so far about the bridge part, right, which is let's reach out to parts of the community, in this case, starting with at least um, uh, women. But the closure part, because um, I think as I was thinking about it, it occurred to me that some people might say uh, this a, a new lisp, right, this sort of um, non-mainstream language is a very odd choice for uh, beginners. Now, obviously, you and I are sitting here. We love the language. Like, I don't think we'd be in this room if we weren't fans of closure. And so I think we can see it. But have you encountered that? Or is that something that you've thought about or that has come up in your discussions? Yes, that's that's one of the key discussions that we have over and over again. So we've, as we've been starting up and thinking about offering the workshops and then thinking about what we're going to do with the curriculum, that's one of the big questions um, that we we talk about. When I talk about people on the community about it, um, often that's one of the main conversations we have. Is closure a beginner language? Number one, is it a, is it a beginner, beginner language? And I've had my own questions about that. I've become more convinced over time that it is. One of one of the best perspectives I got was from uh, Jen Ilyuk, who's helping us um, with Closure Bridge. Uh, she got started out in with a Rails Bridge workshop, so she took one, and then she ended up going and doing uh, G School, I think, uh, one of the code schools, and uh, is now a programmer. You know, after a lot of work, um, mm-hmm. is now a, a programmer and is now helping us with Closure Bridge. Uh, so I had this conversation with her, and she said. Now that she now that she's work, she's working at closure at her job, she feels like a lot of things that were very confusing for her working in the object oriented world would become much easier to grasp. She th- she thought that the things that she really struggled with had to do with state. Hmm. So once you change the way that you look at state uh, with closure, I think it actually becomes a really nice introduction to program. If you have not programmed before, I think it becomes a really nice introduction uh, to programming. I'm not totally sure how that's going to work. Uh, again, like I said, this what we're doing is kind of experimental. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to do the workshop with a certain approach and see what happens. And then, you know, maybe we'll have to re, re, reconfigure. So uh, another aspect of that is um, how, how do you teach how do you teach functional programming to beginners? And I think you teach it the same way that you teach programming in general. <laughs> and uh, you know, as I mentioned before, I you know I think some of the aspects of the language and the paradigm actually make some things simpler in the approach. And then and then 
the, the, to me, the third aspect of that is what about people who are already living in the object-oriented world, um, who are coming from other languages, who are, say, coming from Java um, or coming from Ruby, um, and then they um, come and take a closure bridge. I think for them, it's going to be uh, you know, the same thing that was for me when I learned closure, that you have to kind of switch your perspective and uh, so, you know, we we have to, so I think those that has to kind of be approached differently. Uh, but I, I have a lot of I have a lot of hope that it's it's actually going to um, work really well. I still have my questions and I know a lot of people do. Um, and so we're, we're, we're just going to have to try it out and learn and, and see how things go. Sure. And it's entirely possible that what you'll discover and I think you alluded to this is that the answer is different for different people. Right. I mean, for people like me that have. And, and you that have spent a lot of time in the OO world, right? Like there was a certain experience in moving to a functional language that was not easy, right? And and would it have been different if my first language had been Haskell, for example? And I don't know. And, and I face this question, and I suspect you do too, around teaching uh, my kids to program. Right now, the only language that uh, my daughter knows is Scratch, right? And... Uh, you know, she's nine, so that's fine. In fact, it's great. But at some point, you know, she's not going to grow up and, and become a Scratch programmer, right? So right. at some point, you have to pick something. And, and I don't know, like, is it a Lisp? Is it assembly language? Is it C? Is it what? Is it this? Is it that? So We're dealing with the same thing in yeah. my house. We, yeah. we, we started with Scratch, which is great. It is great. Which is a great thing to start yeah. with. The very young kids. I mean, I, I, I sat my daughter down one day um and as often happens in my household, you know, I'll sit down and do something with her, and then I end up having to go do something with work for a <laughs> sure, few minutes. Right. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Set her down with Scratch and then got distracted, came back, and she was already, you know, building these complex animations with it. It had never seen, you know, the tool before. Yeah. Um, so I love Scratch, uh, but I, we're going through the same thing. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to do next with her. And I'm starting to think that, given what I'm doing with Closure Bridge, that I should do Closure. And I, I've been doing a lot of, um, to kind of get myself in a beginner mindset, I've been going and looking at the more beginner-friendly um, materials, like, for example, Closure from the Ground Up mm -hmm. um, by Kyle Kingsbury and, um, and Daniel Higginbotham's Closure for the Brave and True. So I've been looking at a lot of those materials. And w whenever I get to the pieces where you have to uh, install something, I'll have my daughter do it. Uh, because she's a perfect test case because she's 12. She's really smart mm -hmm. um, and she's tech savvy as most 12 year olds are. Right. But she's not, you know, she's not a technologist. She's not experienced. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I'll sit her down to do it. And, and, and the, the one set of instructions she just immediately could follow were, um, were Kyle's and okay. Closure from the Ground Up. He, he presented things with just the right amount of support that if, say, you don't know anything about the command line, you could get up and going with line again and, you know, start actually uh, working with the REPL. And she did that. And so she, and she, so she started working through the material and I was, um, I'm a, I was so, my heart, <laughs> my, 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 you know, my dreams come true with my yeah. daughter actually sitting there uh, doing things with closure. And, and, and at that point when I saw her doing that and she, and you know, she was immediately getting it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought, well, closure, I should, I should start her on closure, of course. Okay. <laughs> although, although I had honestly been thinking about um, Python before that. Yeah. Because there's I, a lot of good right. material for kids. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's got a lot of, and you know, this is increasingly true in closure, but you know, I mean, the thing that's great about Scratch is that, you know, built in as primitives are things like graphics, right? So, you know, my daughter's a little girl, like if she wants to draw a flower, she can use Scratch to just draw a flower. Mm -hmm. And so that type of thing is super cool. Yeah. Um, whereas, 
here's Emacs is not the yeah. same experience. Um, you know, although, and, and obviously there are lots of great choices now other than Emacs, but I, I know what you're saying exactly. Uh, this this whole effort is just super, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you get a sense from working with the people you're working with uh, from Cognitect and, uh, you know, like Lynn and, um, and Maggie that we're we're into it, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, or that they're into it, but I, I just... Everybody that I talk to at Cognac is like, this is awesome that this is happening. And I, you know, there's obviously there's a bunch of reasons for that. One of them is anything that makes closure exposed to more people, we're excited about because we're like, we love it and we want other people to like it too. But, but then of course the whole aspect of let's increase uh, diversity in the community is is also very very cool. So right, yeah, I, th I think a lot of the excitement that we hear is uh, excitement for beginner friendly materials yes. in general for right, closure, which right. I think there have been. There's a lot of really great learning materials for closure out there. There's some fantastic books. I've, you know, I've read most of them, um, <laughs> and uh, it was really useful for me. But um, for somebody who didn't go on that path, that that familiar path, the uh, common lists, <laughs> SICP, uh, <Right. laughs> et cetera, um, you know, who, somebody who hasn't seen functional programming before or hasn't seen a Lisp, I, I think there really hasn't been great materials for them specifically. You know, like I just think we need to kind of pull the on-ramp back further a little bit, you know, just make us kind of gentler slope for some people. I mean, you're going to have to wrestle with things and there's things that are going to be hard to learn and everybody has to go through that. But, but I think just kind of bring some people along to get to the point, you know, to, 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 to be actually be able to do that, I think would help. And, uh, Kyle's closure from the ground up, uh, Daniel's, uh, closure for ba brave and true do those. And, um, Eric Norman's Lisp cast, and mm -hmm. um, there's there are a number of things. It's starting to build. So, I, but but when we started, um, I don't think those things were quite as obviously out there at that point. So I think hopefully closure. My my goal, one of my goals for Closure Bridge is that we we help prompt that building of beginner material as well as offering the workshops. So to what extent would you consider it a success if somebody comes to Closure Bridge and uh, uses it to become a programmer, like a Java programmer. I mean, like, so in other words, what's the kind of mix of, we'd like to teach you programming, Clojure is a good, we think Clojure is a great tool for doing that, versus we'd like to teach you Clojure. Do you know what I mean? Like, how, how are the objectives kind of balanced out in that dimension? That's a good question. I, um, I hadn't really thought about that. I, to me, giving anybody an exposure and opening them up to new possibilities is great. And, and my, my personal goals are met at that point. You know, even if they don't go, even go any further, but even if they are just exposed to the technologies and the tools and languages and know a little bit more about it and go into their daily lives or their jobs and, and with that understanding, to me, that's a success. Um, if they go on to learn closure, that would be awesome. If they go on to learn closure and use it, that, of course, would be the best. If they go on to take that to explore another language, um, great then we've built um the technical community in general which is also part of my goals I, you know i think one of the uh driving um motivations for railsbridge is to concentrate um the increasing diversity within one specific community to help you know build where you get some people in and then and then you can then increase, you know, then other people come in and see that there's already some people, you know, there's already some women there, mm -hmm. for example. Um, so at least there's somebody like me and that, so that, you know, so it's a snowball effect. So um, I, you know, I personally would like the same thing for the closure community because this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think it should be a goal for the closure community. But um, 
I also live in the technical community in general too. So I, you know, I just, I just want more women around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I have, I have two in particular, <laughs> but in general as well. Um, and, and, I, and I want a lot of people from a lot of other underrepresented groups right, as well. Just right. happen to be focusing on, focusing on women right now. I, I personally plan to shift focus um, in another direction soon. So. Oh, cool. That's very cool. Personally. I don't, I don't know if you're ready to, to, no. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we'll have you back on, Bridget. Right. We'd love to talk to you more right. about that when that happens. Right. Well, I know um, among other things that you might want to talk about, you definitely mentioned to me before the show that there is a list of people that you want to make sure that you um, that we that we talk that we talk about because like you said this is not Bridget Hillier bo- boiling the ocean by herself. Right. No. Yeah. I've I've only played a, a minor role here. Sean Corfield, number one, is the person who got things started. There were a few other people that helped him at the time. Um, I just had a conversation. Well, uh, Alex Miller actually kind of had an idea that this was going on and, and pointed me in the right direction. Um, but then Lynn Grogan and Maggie Litton from Cognitect um, have really been uh, key in getting this off the ground. They, you know, they saw the opportunity and really got things going and have just been instrumental um, in working on this. Uh, Clinton Treisbach is the person who's been doing most of the work on the curriculum and is just doing a phenomenal job and is working so hard in, in getting this going. Um, Daniel Higginbotham, who does Closure for Brave, Brave and True, um, uh, he's been helping with us with the curriculum as well. And some other people have made some contributions. Um, uh, and then also uh, Yoko Harada uh, and Jamie Kite, um, uh, who are both from Cognitect, have, have been working in the core team to try to get things off the ground um, and have been ma- making some fantastic contributions. Um uh, the the website uh, Jamie Kite's the person who made the website um, and then Jen Elliott, um who uh, w- came from Rails Bridge uh, through the Code Schools um, t- to now give back to, through Closure Bridge is do, has just a fantastic perspective on things and is really helping us uh, you know having that focus you know all this all this no closure or you know are in the closure community so so having somebody who's been through that path um, and can you know help us keep the perspective on what do the students what's the attendees the workshops need and you know what how do we serve their needs and kind of look through their eyes is it's just been fantastic and and we've we've gotten a lot of help from a lot of the people um, from Railsbridge um, that have been helping us with that and that's just been fantastic uh, the, the Railsbridge people are just work so hard and do so much and then for them to you know take some time and uh, help help us along uh, including Sarah Allen um, uh, it's just been we I don't know where we'd be without that so Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you've got quite a team assembled. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, uh, you mentioned that you know hundreds of people have already signed up to help out, but it sounds like if more people want to help, then there's still more to do. Like you're not turning people away right. for lack of, of work. Right. Uh, now, I know closurebridge.org is the place to go to find right. out all things about Closure Bridge. Yep. Is there any other venue by which people should reach out, or is that the place to go? So um, if you want to help out um, and you haven't signed up already, uh, go to closurebridge.org, and you can sign up right there. And uh, Or yeah, you can email info at closurebridge.org if you'd prefer. Um, we also have this Google, Google group, um, uh, Closure Bridge Workshops, where a lot of the actual work on organizing workshops and, and building things up is happening. Um, uh, there's all kinds of things you can do. Uh, one of the main things is, so it's it's an all-volunteer organization. Where we, all of us who are working on this are just giving of our time to do this. Um, 
and uh, it's it's nonprofit. Uh, we don't uh, you know we don't have an official nonprofit status yet, although we're working towards that. Uh, so we can't accept we can't accept donations yet, but hopefully we will soon. So the so the main way that you can help is organize a workshop. Mm. Uh, so if you're in one of the cities I've mentioned already, um, Durham, San Francisco, uh, New York, Chicago. Um, uh, Minneapolis, uh, heard some stirrings from London. There's been some stirrings from other places. Um, we can connect you with the people who are working on building those workshops. If you're in another place um, and you feel like you have enough people to put on a workshop, start organizing. Um, you know, a- anybody who's done this, they just start organizing. <laughs> you know, you don't necessarily have to have done anything like it before or have any expertise. We'll help you get started. We're going to have, a, uh, after our workshop on April 4th, 5th in Durham, um, uh, we'll have all the materials ready for you to go run a workshop. Um, we're um, using the Railsbridge cookbook for organizing where they just list out all, here's all the steps. We'll, we'll provide you a mentor who's done it before um, to get you going. And if you're not sure if there's people around you who want to work on it, come sign up on the Closure Bridge workshops list and we'll see if we can connect you with um, people who want to work on it. Now, I assume one of the things that is one of the harder things to acquire is a space to meet in. And so I'm guessing if somebody's out there, you know, they're they're working at a company that is using Clojure, one of the things that they could do is go to whoever is in charge of these things and say, hey, can we can we let these people know that we have a room that they could meet in on a Friday night and a Saturday or however, however it works? Yes, we definitely need space. And that's a, a fantastic contribution if you can give us a place to do it. Uh, and then also, if, if you... If you want to donate, we need sponsors for the workshops. So, you know, we don't have the nonprofit staff to, to take your money, but if you can help uh, sponsor the actual workshop, that's the way that you can contribute. And that's, that's the way that companies can contribute to it. Okay. And awesome. we've, we've had a lot of interest and a lot of support from people. Um, you know, Cognitech is helping with Durham, um, and we've got sponsors lined up um, in San Francisco, and, uh, and they're, they're starting to line up in New York. So, Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what else do we talk about, Bridget? I mean, that's this is so cool. It really is super cool. I've been looking forward to recording this with you, and it was great that I was going to be here in Durham um, at a good time to have this conversation so that the episode can come out you know, near to the time when all of this uh, finally takes off off the ground. Right. Um, is there anything that we missed that we should still mention? I, I am really excited about it. And, and, and it's been so um, – I mean, it's been heartwarming to, to see all of the excitement from the community. Um, uh, I, you know, I think this is something that um, is going to help grow the closure community. I think it's going to make the closure community better in in multiple different ways, um, both by its specific goals and then kind of on the knock on effects of just building community and, um, you know, doing things like building uh, beginner materials and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that that we've talked about. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just I'm super excited. I This has been uh, you know, like we, we talked about, I've kind of been making some career changes. So this past year has been kind of a funny year for me. So for me to be able to work on this, has just been fantastic for me personally. You know, it's, it's so exciting to see people come together and work on these kinds of goals and, you know, to see them as important and, um, you know, and just bring people together. I mean, just having people get together and work on these kinds of things is, is, is super fun. And, um, you know, so it's been great for me. I, you know, I, I, I'm really happy to have other people involved and I'm really happy to see things grow. But personally, I'm just, I'm just having a ton of fun. So. <laughs> That's great. Are you getting to write any closure code as part of uh, organizing, like working on the website or whatever? I am, yeah. So uh, we have an app that we build to. Um, that's one thing I mentioned is that um, ultimately you're going to build a web app in, in the, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, 
workshop. Um, not necessarily the sweet spot for closure, but we found that that's people ultimately want to publish something that they can show other people. So that's, we work towards a web app, basically just, you know, we're going to do something that's uh, in closure sweet spot, something with, you know, some data manipulation, um, but then web appified. So you can, you know, get it onto Roku and show people, I built this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I've been able to help um, work on the app. So yeah, and I've been spending a lot of time in closure and I'll have days where um, I'm sp- spending time uh, spending a lot of time writing C lately, um, so that, and that's fine. Uh, but then I'll have these days where I just spend the whole day writing closure, and it's just, it's just, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just I the feeling that I have at the end of the day of you know writing closure code. Um, it's just, uh, it's a really nice feeling. It is fun. I I think your students are really going to enjoy it. And you know, you said um, that web apps aren't the sweet spot for closure, and I think that's a fair statement to say. However. I actually think that, um, you know, given some of the things that are going on right now in the web space around Clojure, you look at Ohm, you look at Hoplon, you look at various things, it's not it's not this crazy ignored backwater either. There's actually super, it's not the sort of thing that um, I, you can put into it an intro class, but I think... Um, the concepts around functional programming and um, and you know and enclosure specifically um, are actually super useful tools that are directly applicable to solving you know real hard interesting current problems out in out in the web space. So uh, you know I, I know I know exactly what you're saying, but at the same time, like suddenly it's also got this uh, this real uh, web. Um, flavor and excitement that that uh, it didn't necessarily have, you know, two two three years ago. I, I I totally agree, and and in in some of the process of building up these things, I've I've had the experience of seeing, you know, wow, things have really things have really changed, and there's there is some really interesting things going on. I would, it's just yesterday I spent some time exploring Hoplon, and I would really recommend that um, anyone who's interested in in you know the web space closure um, to take a look at Hoplon. That's uh, that's t- talk about fun. That's a that's a that's, that's an interesting um, set of tools. There. Well, we have episodes in the queue uh, that I have recorded with both Alan talking about Hoplon and about and with David Nolan talking about Ohm. Um, so you know, there's there's you know lots of ways for people to find out. Hopefully, they listen to the show and and hear about those things too. Um, well, anything else we should talk about? Well, there is one more thing, of course. We got to hear uh, at the beginning that you picked a song uh, named for your very self. Um, what about on the way out here? What song would you like to play? Work by Gangstar. Okay, so Bridget, work. All right, that sounds right. Um, that's really cool. That's coming up in the background right now. Well, I want to thank you a ton for taking the time to come down here. I actually did make you come all the way to the office. Ordinarily, our guests merely have to jump on a Skype call with me, but you actually you know, got up and, and drove down here. And Thanks uh, for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, it was su- super fun to have you, and, and thanks a lot for to you and to everybody else that's working on Closure Bridge. I know you've been putting in a ton of time, and... You know, that you personally, uh, I'm sure, derive satisfaction, but, you know, the people that are doing this are not the ones that are going to receive the benefit of the classes. So, you know, it's very, it's a very um, altruistic thing to do, and it's it's just super cool. And, you know, you hear stories about, I don't care whether it's closure or rails or, you know, whatever. You hear stories about people who go to these things that are free, and then that therefore maybe they can do it where they might not otherwise either be able to or prioritize it. And it changes their life, right? I mean, and that's and that's like you know you think about we talk about things like functional programming is the way, right? Like you should you know uh, mutation of state is evil and you know it makes your programs hard to understand. And then you weigh that against. Like, I have friends that um, 
really close friends that we started a game company when we were young and stupid, and it didn't go anywhere except that two of them were working as short order cooks, and one of them was you know managing a janitor a janitorial services company, you know working third shift, you know cleaning up like a, a big retail store or something, and now they all work in tech and have careers that are fulfilling and that. You know, in the guy that managed the janitorial services company, he used to get like threatened. Like he would have to call the police on a routine basis because of the the environment that he was working in, and and that's just not true for him anymore. So, you know, you weigh that against like what language you're using, and it's like it's just a stupid argument. So it's a really really cool thing that you're doing, if for no other reason than to maybe give somebody an opportunity to do something um, that will be better for them. So super cool. Yeah, and and thanks to all the other people who are working on it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that this has been great. Uh, we will we'll call it there, and I and I'm uh, absolutely looking forward to having you back on the show to talk um, about um, your other efforts and in, in related spaces, or just to just to catch up with you because it's been super fun. So uh, we will uh, close it down there. Thanks for listening. This has been the Cognicast. You have been listening to the Cognicast. The Cognicast is a production of Cognitech Inc., whom you can find on the web at Cognitech.com and on Twitter at Cognitech. Our guest today was Bridget Hillier on Twitter at Bridget Hillier, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-H-I-L-L-Y-E-R. The Cognicast is produced with help from Alex Miller, Alex Ward, Damian Mack, David Chalimsky, Jamie Kite, Justin Getlin, Lake Denman, Luke Vanderhart, Lynn Grogan, Mark Phillips, Ryan Neufeld, Sam Umbuck, Sandy Ezel, and Stuart Sierra. Episode cover art is by Michael Parento. Audio production by Russ Olson. I'm your host, Craig Andera. Thanks for listening. What is it you want to do when you grow up? Hey, yo, I'm going to be a titter. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly. I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'm going to start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Because the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down. Haters want to take me down. Break me down. Clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass. She just poked it out on the D-Lo. I'm saying you versus me, yo. We can do this shit right here in front of your people. See time is money, kid, and BS walks And to me, it's funny, kid, when you meet heads talk I see Fed star, they wanna dig up the dirt, son Is it me, they hawk? Cause I be putting in work, son Gonna be on Tidop, that's all my eyes can see Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake I put in work, and watch my status escalate The cornballs get stonewalled Black... <laughs>